Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Is anything really going to happen to the world in 2012? Is our guest ever going to show up? <laughs> These are the questions I was going to ask had we been able to reach our guest tonight. But once again, I'm afraid Steve Alton uh, has been unable to join us for apparently uh, unknown reasons. So anyway, welcome to the show. Go ahead, man. Okay, so welcome to the 233rd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And I'm Ben, and those scary questions my dad was asking... Well, I'm getting pretty scared. <laughs> I know. Came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Well, anyway, it's not often that we have a novelist as a guest, and apparently it's not often we have Steve Alton as a guest either, our New York Times bestselling author who is a, a wonderful guy. He, he, we've had him on before, but this is uh, uh, there always seems to be something that comes up at the last minute. I, I'm, I'm anxious to see what this one was. Unfortunately, the last time uh, his father passed away, certainly a terrible thing to have happened, and certainly a very good reason not to have appeared for the last show. And I don't know, what we'll try to get him during the break, but in the meantime, we'll go to Plan B. So anyway, always have a plan B. Oh yeah, so C and D and E and everything. Plan B always always shows up. Yeah. All right, we will do some emails tonight. That we'll consider it an open line show until and unless we get Steve Alton with us and can discuss his book Grim Reaper: End of Days, where we're going to talk about the interesting question of 2012, which is a hot topic right now, and to see his particular take on it. And as I often say, we don't usually have novelists on the show, but we do when they have done their homework and are up actually on the, appearing on the show. Yeah, well, I mean, let, let, let's give him a break. Maybe he's yeah, got a good no. reason. Yeah. All right. So anyway, in the meantime, uh, while we uh, wait for the next break, let's let's do a few emails here. Now, we have a, a very long and very varied uh, letter here from Elisa, uh, who is... Um, one of our good friends and good uh, listeners, I should say, in Ohio. And she's asked a number of questions based on uh, previous shows and a number of our opinions about various topics in the paranormal. And we've done the first two. Uh, the first one was about reptilians. We had a show with Bill Burns about that. Uh, also, there was an issue of uh, Ben and I meeting various beings as our, our work in the multiverse progresses. And we don't say a lot about that because we want to be sure what kind of ground we're standing on. There was one species in particular that we discussed uh, uh, based on this question uh, who seemed to be uh, willing to assist us in some of our work uh, here and there. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in future shows. So for this evening, our first question from Lisa is... Um, I'll let the Ben take this one here. Okay, so Lisa writes to us, My 15-year-old daughter was fascinated with your story about the couple who visited the Dutch diner in the ghost town. They actually went to the restroom and ate food very physical. <clears throat> so that was not our physical universe, yet they somehow entered the parallel exist this parallel existence. Now you can't know how many people enter these places and get stuck. Uh, we only hear from the people that slipped into them and then were able to exit. Okay, well, this is a very, uh, as always, a very adept uh, question from Lisa, very well put and very well thought out. Just to give you some background, the basics of this story were that we received uh, a communication from someone who had traveled uh, it was several years before, actually, when I was in the 90s, actually, and uh, a person who was retired, they were on vacation in Utah, 
and they were visiting ghost towns. I guess her husband had a particular affinity for history, and ghost towns are, of course, a very big part of that in a state like Utah. So they visited one that they had been told really wasn't there. They said there were no buildings left. All they could they could go to the site, but it was uninhabited, and there were only a few people left, like a couple of farms in the area or something. But much to their surprise, they went down an old dirt road toward this site, and they saw a, a fully functioning town with very odd-looking cars, with very with, with with people with signs and people who who uh, they later found out spoke a form of Dutch, strangely enough, and uh, they were pretty spooked up. But they, they did go into a restaurant and they um, couldn't read the menu. The and no, nobody apparently spoke English, and uh, they but they did uh, were treated uh, you know with with uh, hospitality as much as the, the people could uh, understand them. And and uh, anyway, it was quite quite a story. And then as they drove out of the town, they apparently returned to our, our universe. And, of course, our theory, uh, as that Ben and I work on in the paranormal, is a rather unusual one. We don't believe in the spirit world and all this other 19th century stuff. We don't think that's anywhere near good enough. We operate on the uh, multiple worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics, because the, simply be, not because we studied it in a classroom, because that's my experience over the past 40-plus years working in the paranormal this is the only theory that I've ever encountered that really explains what we've what we've been seeing in the paranormal and how it really works so in the, in the short story being that we uh, we live in a in a uh, multiverse not just a universe in which there are perhaps an infinite number of parallel worlds right next to us all the time uh, when you hear the voice of your father or mother who has passed away in this world a very terrible word i don't think that's good enough we use the word translate who has translated their consciousness to where they already are in a parallel world and you hear their voice you're probably hearing them going about their day in in the same house only in a parallel world that occupies the same space so anyway we feel this this is essentially what happened to this couple if this story is true there's no we have no way to prove it this is just as the testimony of these of these two people and i was bet and i certainly weren't there but we do hear things like this all the time so anyway to get to the the question that uh, Lisa has asked here, or or the point that she has made, uh, yes, these people did say that they went to the restroom and ate food in this parallel universe, and how could that be possible? Well, we don't believe that the the parallel worlds are closed systems. In other words, there were old Hollywood shows like Quantum Leap, and they tried to make a few bucks off of this theory, or a theory that was like this. And people would literally, what would they do, Ben? Like, did you ever see those shows? I saw a few episodes. Yeah, people were like, what? They would jump from one world to another, and sometimes it would be similar, sometimes not. Is that how it would work? I think so. I I don't watch much television. I I think that was how it was. But it was back in the 70s, so I have no idea. Okay. Well, anyway, that was the idea. But that doesn't seem to be how it works. It seems to be an open system with a free exchange of energy among all these worlds. Uh, We often say that we we believe we have photographs of actual world boundaries. Uh, I'm thinking particularly of the, the case in Connecticut that a lot of people like to hear about that we have worked on. And we work on cases for years at a time in order to get to the bottoms of some of these things. And sometimes the bottom just can't be reached, it seems. Yeah. So we think that they were able to do all these physical things such as eating and using the restroom in this Utah ghost town, uh, so-called, uh, which was in this parallel world very active, simply because it's an open system. It's not a matter of, uh, of an imbalance if someone from here goes there or someone from there go, comes here. And we think that many incidents in life that we call paranormal are examples of exchanges of energy among these wor- and even physical energy among these worlds. We believe these worlds are not necessarily 
spirit worlds in the traditional sense. We think they're very physical, although there may be some in which, uh, as physicists themselves who believe in this, say uh, the, the worlds are very different. With phys- physical laws can be very different from world to world, and you might have worlds that would e- that would be the equivalent of, I suppose, a wispy uh, energy worlds where where the the, the physicality is is very um, uh, hard to define in our sense. So, uh, but those are those are worlds we're, we're still exploring, and that's why, as Ben and I often say, we are we are no longer paranormal investigators or ghost hunters. A term I hate. Uh, we are cosmic sojourners. We are taking a cosmic journey uh, that is leading to some very interesting places, people, beings, and conclusions. So anyway. Uh, uh, Lisa goes on here, that was not our physical universe. Uh, now, we can't know how many people enter these places and get stuck. Well, that's an extremely good point because the literature and our files are full of cases where people literally have disappeared. And the question is, all right, where did they go? Now, some of these cases were exaggerated or made up. Uh, one of the most famous ones, Ben, is what, that David Lang case in Tennessee. I thought you were going to say Amelia Earhart. Oh, no, no, I meant literally disappeared in front of people's eyes. Oh. You know? And sometimes, uh, if they're lucky, I guess they, they have appeared uh, nearby buildings instantaneously or, or have come back uh, sometime later, but some have not come back. One uh, famous case, of course, is the so-called the David Lang incident, which happened in the 1880s. A lot of strange things happened in the 1880s, supposedly, in a field in, I believe it was Tennessee, and the guy was walking across his field, supposedly disappeared not only in front of the eyes of his family, but disappeared in front of the eyes of, of, a, of a judge and a... Uh, a, a woman, uh, I guess, who were coming to Sunday dinner or something in a, in a carriage on the other side of the scene from where the family was sitting on the porch. But if you look at that story, it turns out not to be true. It was made up uh, apparently by a bored journalist uh, in, uh, I, I don't know, one of the nearby towns because uh, he was uh, missed his train or something, and he's sort of a. Uh, and it turned into the, and it was publicized in a sense by Ambrose Bierce, the the, uh, the writer, in his story, the difficulty of crossing a field. So, but there are many cases that that have been well attested by witnesses that apparently are not uh, the products of bored journalists. So, so we do have people who apparently disappear and do not come back, or uh, there are a number of of very, and it's funny, a lot of these things were hushed up. There were cases, I remember there were, there were two that I know of at the Tokyo International Airport, uh, very, not, not connected with one another, apparently very far apart, in which people showed up uh, very confused with wearing clothing that was very strange, with passports from countries that never existed, and with, with currency from this, those countries, and uh, it's, uh, in, occasionally, in one case, speaking a language nobody could understand, and this sort of thing, people from somewhere or somewhere else. But it does seem to be an open system, so this seems to be very possible, and I think it happens all the time. I often cite the case, remember, Ben, of like, this happened to you, too. You're in the car, you look in the rearview mirror, and something, something, somebody's oh, yeah, in the back of you. It happens to me all the time. Yeah, and like all of a sudden they're gone. There's no place they could have gone. So, you know, maybe many explanations, but one could be... It happens uh, on 146 a lot. You know, that's a strange road. Yeah. Uh, we live in a northern Rhode Island, and, and there's uh, Route 146, which is not an interstate highway. It's just a state highway. It runs between Providence, Rhode Island, and Worcester, Massachusetts. Well, that could be an interstate. I mean, I mean, it goes. Well, no, but I mean, it's not part of the interstate highway system like yeah. Route 95 or Route 80 or that, that people would be used to. But it's uh, and there is. Uh, I don't know if, if there's any any candidate for a cursed road in this area. I think that might be it. There are 
constant accidents. Now, of course, this is very heavily traveled, so naturally you're going to have a lot of accidents. But this is weird. It doesn't happen to people who live around here. It only happens to people who are from out of state. Well, that's true, uh, or at least not from out of the area. Yeah, if you, if you live in the area, the road seems to like you. I mean, we use it all the time. I'm on it two or three times a day sometimes. And uh, Ben, of course, too, his uh, his girlfriend lives in Worcester, and that's the only way to really get there. Yeah. And another, you know, although you had the the, the incident where you died Did on the road. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, one of those trivial things. That's a long story, folks. He told it on another show. You'll have to listen to the podcast. But anyway. Yeah, I don't Retell that story. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so anyway, we, we do only hear from people, uh, as Lisa points out, who slipped into them that were able to exit. Uh, one example that's very famous that is, believe it or not, relatively well attested occurred in the, uh, I believe it was the late 16th century. I don't have it in front of me because this is Plan B, so we're winging it. And this particular fellow was a guard, I believe, at the Spanish, one of the Spanish um, governor's palaces uh, in the New World. I believe this one was in Mexico. Vanished and appeared in uh, uh, somewhere in was it, was it the, Philipp- the Philippines or one of the islands in the West. Well, that can't have been, I don't know, whatever it was. I don't remember. And he was able to um, uh, tell the story because they saw him there in, in this particular place where he appeared. And his uniform was wrong. And he got in trouble, and he said they, they thought he was either nuts or possessed, that he had been in Mexico City just a few you know, hours before that. And it turns out that um, his story was corroborated by the officials in Mexico City. Of course, in those days, it took months to communicate. But anyway, he eventually found his way back to Mexico City. They sent him back uh, to resume his duties. He probably was ready to retire by that time, but uh, yeah. that apparently is well, well attested. So these things do happen. And uh, it, it, it is um, kind of a scary, scary thought, but... When you look at the multiverse and how it really works, is that it's 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 not just enough to talk about parallel worlds and like we're in one and somebody and somebody else is in another or we're in another doing something else. Uh, that that's the case. However, each nanosecond that we I don't know if that's the exact measurement, but we we pass through our lives, we are passing through parallel universes. We're passing through a tunnel that is made up of constant and incessant boundaries. Of these worlds, so it is a normal thing for us to do, and there are many who believe, and I'm, I tend to favor this. I don't know about Ben, but that, that our consciousness, not just our own consciousness, but our consciousness as a species, as the observer, as the Heisenberg uncertainty principle might say, make our way in a logical manner that we can understand through these worlds so that they seem like a logical progression of one thing to another for us. That's the illusion of time. What do you think of that? Well, I I, I tend to agree, but... Yeah, we've talked about it before, but... Yeah, it's just just one of those things. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. And it's when when you get, I don't know, derailed, a flat tire, whatever whatever metaphor you want to use, that kind of makes us jump into the wrong one. I don't know if it's a wrong one, but another one other than the one in which our consciousness is taking us. Well, the one that's most progression. similar to the consciousness we're in now, Yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah. Path of least resistance. That's how nature works. But there are others, of course, impinging upon us all the time. You know, we see what we call ghosts. Or- you know what's interesting about that? Dr. David Deutsch performed, there was an experiment performed with, um, like, a, like, light and shadow, like, and how, um... There, like there were protons that weren't affected by the light, like that there was like something blocking them. That's right. So it, it would turn into like a shadow, 
and they didn't really know what was blocking them. I believe that's the Elaine Aspect experiment, right? But it, it, like it's one of the, one of the uh, the uh, circumstantial proofs for the existence of parallel parallel universes. Well, the math also proves it too. That's right, too. Yeah. And anyway, okay. Oh, well, we're going to wrap for a break in this discussion, and we'll be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. We'll try to get our guest one more time, me being the eternal optimist, uh, during the break. Uh, if not, we'll continue with our emails and open line show. Thank you very much. Be right back. Join Kimmy Rose on interviews Thursday nights from 9 to 11 p.m. Together as a community, we will embrace the challenges in life and find a way to experience heaven on earth. Spiritual teachers and Kimmy will bring you insight on how to change your life and embrace purpose. Interviews this Thursday night starting at 9. It's all about what's within you. Hi, I'm Sue Lundquist. I want to help you to embrace the life you've always envisioned. Listen to us on the I'm Thankful Network, Monday through Friday. Listeners from all the backgrounds come together as we identify the truly important aspects of life. The I'm Thankful Network is like comfort food for the soul. In short, we want you to be positively positive about where you are headed. Join us every weekday for the I'm Thankful Network. Fun, educational, and empowering. Tune in to find yourself all over again. Psychic Radio. Psychiconair.com. The Wake Up Call with Ellen I know the torment that I put my mother through, and I've seen the lessons that she's brought to you, so I love you. And I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm sorry. She feels your pain. I'm yes. so- well, I actually do from a distance. Now that I'm on the tweaker, I can understand that it's it's not always pretty. Hi, it's Tom Force. Reverend L. Newman and I are here Monday nights, 7 till 9, primetime Eastern Time in the United States, with Wake Up Call on Psychic Radio. Psychic Radio. We know you're listening. Life is a journey. Let us be your guide. Reach out on the net now, psychiconair.com. Look for Psychic Radio on your AOL radio player. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we are back without our guest this evening. I'm afraid there must have been something else that's come up. Steve Alton, New York Times bestselling author. We'll uh, see what happened. We'll tell you later. In the meantime, we've gone to Plan B, and we're answering some very interesting questions and comments from our uh, very faithful listener, Lisa, in Ohio. And we've been discussing the issue of people slipping into other parallel worlds uh, based on the story that, that we received from the couple who had been visiting Utah and found themselves in a world where everybody spoke Dutch in a town that was supposed to, not supposed to have existed. And they had lunch and they used the restroom and did things that were very physical and yet returned uh, to our own world seemingly unscathed after they left the area. So Ben will uh, read the second half of this, of this comment. Uh, I guess it goes to the next page. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so, well, actually, there's three parts to it. But anyway, um, do you think that when this happens, we are naturally guided back to our own universe? It's obviously a combination of time-slash-space parameters. Time doesn't really exist. So that that couple with their atoms for our universe, we're occupying the same physical space as those townspeople. With their atoms from their universe... And uh, this universe might be strictly from another time, maybe in the future, but from the sa- from that same place. I guess this will this would mean that they have the same 
Earth atoms. Okay, I understand the point of the question. Uh, how can you mix atoms or matter for, or, or phys- physical anything from one, one, or energy for that matter, from one universe to the next? I don't know if that applies, or that, that kind of reasoning is valid. In an open system, it doesn't make any difference. You know, matter and energy, as we said before, matter and energy are exchanged all the time. So these people in this Dutch-speaking Utah boomtown with the funny cars might have very well have seen these two people as ghosts because that's that's how that seems to work in, in my experience and our experience. Uh, but in this case, they seem to be completely in their world because they were able to, to completely uh, interact physically. Uh, I, I don't know if the factors of uh, being naturally guided back to one's own universe... I mean, what is one's own universe? Uh, we all live in millions at a time of these universes, uh, apparently. And uh, the question of, of, of which universe we live in, uh, I, what I mean by living in, is we, we live in them all, but our consciousness, our master consciousness, is, is probably, as I might say, is aware of one at a time, or, or a few at a time. And what is the, uh, which one is the right one? I don't really know. Our subconsciousness, in my opinion, is made up of all the uh, universes in which we live, in which we're not conscious of in this one, but we're conscious there. Uh, it, it's, it's really a one big elegant harmony as such. So really, when you come down to it, I suppose where we are, where we're conscious, really depends on us. Uh, how strong is our consciousness? Uh, I don't think all consciousnesses are equal. Some are slovenly, shall we say. Uh, kind of lazy. Others are very strong, very focused, and I think that those who maybe are focused maybe have more control over this kind of thing. And there's also the the, the critical factor of all of us. Uh, one of my slogans is, each of us is a unique expression of all of us. We can't, and this is where I take exception with a lot of people you hear, who say, oh, make, make your... Some multi jumping as they call the show, but for some come on, at least that uh, that they were willing to do so. I wanted to get into this. It sounds great, but uh, I don't. Again, I don't know if it's as simple as that. We're quantum jumping all the time, and where we go, I think, uh, kind of depends on on us. Uh, I think what's the old cliche, the power of positive thinking? I think that has a lot to do with it, too, where we go in this progression of worlds that our consciousness takes us on. So whether we are naturally guided back from Mexico City or Manila or wherever we end up or if we disappear in front of people, I mean, which happens, I don't know. Uh, I think that uh, we might um, uh, possibly not even notice ourselves. We might go, we might uh, sort of, our consciousness might be aware of a world that is very similar where we went, and we didn't know that we disappeared in front of everybody else, and we're, we're right there with them again, and there in other lives from that. I mean, anything is possible, and anything is likely because everything exists somewhere and somewhere, according to quantum mechanics. So, um, all right. So, whether we're doing Earth atoms or not, probably doesn't make any difference. So, here's the, the third part of the question with the comment. Okay. So, what interests me is that they were able to eat food and use the bathroom. So it can't be that different from a universe. Of a universe. Different of a universe, uh, sorry. Um, in one of our many spiritual discussions, my daughter and I have been trying to figure out what we would do if this happened to us. Is it safe to investigate because we would naturally be 
brought back to our own time eventually? Or should we just stay put and hope the anomaly dissipates? Based on what you've heard, uh, what is your working theory? Well, I, I think I've expounded on the working theory that we have. And I'll be entirely honest with you. I worry about Ben sometimes because he is far more adept at this than, than I am. Um, I believe that our spirituality should be based on the growth of our consciousness and and I think that, that what that means is that, that we become – if you look at – somebody pointed out on, on the uh, the last show that we had was about uh, the apparitions of the Virgin Mary. And somebody's pointing out uh, the paranormal events that happen to those who are considered saints, not just Christian saints, but uh, the, the mystics and the adepts of all religions seem to have a lot of paranormal experiences. I think because as you grow – in the spiritual life, you grow in your awareness of, of worlds upon worlds upon worlds. And you begin to see the elegant harmony in which they all really have been created. And I think that's essentially it. So I don't know if we are naturally guided back to here. As I say, which universe is the right one? There are many that are very much like this. We wouldn't know the difference. The only difference between one of the universe we're in now and one at which we might find ourselves is that some some guy in... Uh, Holland, say, who speaks Dutch, of course, would not have been born or, or was born five minutes later than he was in the world in which we exist. Now, that could be the only difference. So we, we, we might be passing through these worlds all the time and not know the, and not know the difference. And I believe that's, that's actually the case. So that, essentially, Lisa, is my working theory. Uh, is it safe to investigate? Well, that's what, as I say, that gets back to why I it worry depends. kind of about Ben. It depends. Um, when we were filming our promo for the TV show in November, you were, I was telling you uh, on camera that I was a little bit concerned that you should be a little more careful as you work with portals. Okay, because in this particular case, uh, there was a lot of the portals were in, in the sort of the center of the, the question at the, on that particular day, and, and I've been kind of worried about that. So, yeah, it's, well, it's a matter of concern. Is it safe to investigate? I have a feeling we're going to find out. But I have a feeling Ben can take care of himself, and uh, should this ever occur, he would be able to find his way back. I mean, I certainly hope. There have been instances where we believe that has happened, but we've kind of gone with him. Uh, that's kind of wild, uh, and I don't want to get into it now, but it's been it's been pretty interesting. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, hmm? I, I said, yeah, I agree. Right, yeah, okay. All right, uh, okay, and then uh, let's see. Uh, Lisa goes on uh, that she enjoys our show, and um, she appreciates the fact that our podcasts are free. Uh, certainly um, certainly feel that that would be uh, something we, we would never do is to try to charge for that because people, people are on limited budgets. These are not easy times. So I might as well finish uh, finish reading it. Uh, from where? I guess uh, from there. <clears throat> okay. I learned through trial and error that putting out as much positive energy is as many in as many different ways as possible will repel any negativity you are dealing with. You cannot sink into their negative level. Okay. So we know why it it works on a quantum level. People just have to keep it up maybe for years, until the positive energy builds up enough to make things better. Negativity cannot exist in positive energy. What do you mean? Well, you need good, you need positive and negative for everything. I mean, like, one can't overcome the other. I mean, there it has to be a balance. 
Yes, that that speaks the uh, the the Taoist. Well, no, it's true. There has to be a, a balance. No, I, I see what Lisa's saying here. Yeah, yeah, it's important to put out positive energy. Uh, absolutely, and, and it, what is positive energy? Well, uh, it's it's hard to put a scientific finger on it, but obviously, it's 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 love. It's 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 humor. Don't underestimate humor. It's very powerful. <coughs> Excuse me. Good feeling, and all the things that we have found, as Lisa rightly says, we have found repels negativity. Our first advice to people who are suffering from parasites and things of this kind is is that uh, you, know, you you stand together, you stand shoulder to shoulder with, especially with your family, and you always have a family whether you have a family or not, because that, that's the beauty of the elegance of these parallel worlds, is that you always have the, there's always someone who loves you, and there are many worlds in which people are very aware of the other worlds. And that's why you get help from them sometimes. And again, these are not ghosts or spirits. These are actual people, some of whom you may not even know, some of whom may be you. You can be your own guardian angel. That's the beauty of all this. It's really wild and really amazing. So, <clears throat> yeah, I see the point. But I think what Ben is saying is that there is a natural balance in you know, throughout the multiverse. And yeah, it's, I it's, mean, like even at the smallest particle, like an atom, they both have negative. They have protons and neutrons. Mm-hmm. Protons are positive. Neutrons are negative. That's right. Everything seems to have well, negative electrons are negative. Just kidding. Neutrons are neutral. Yeah. Well, but. I often, you know, I often wonder if if uh, there are a lot of um, Christians I know in particular who really get upset when bad things happen to them. Yeah. You know. And they'll it'll, you know, question their faith and this sort of thing. And then I suppose that's a natural thing in society to do. Uh, a lot of us are questioning a lot of things right well, now. Well, in our type of society, yes, because we're not used to bad things happening. We're not because we are. You're, that's right. Because we are con- from 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 advertising all the way down to the way we we live our lives. Everything is is it is it fake? I mean, in a way, I mean, we live in, in totally artificial environments. Uh, the weather doesn't reach us usually. Uh, all these things happen that are essentially positive, and we, we don't get a balanced view of the world. And so, therefore, we're, we're rather spoiled. And if everything doesn't kind of go our way, and if bad things happen, we get really disillusioned about it. So, as a result, a lot of people, and it's among all religions, but we, you know, most people in our circle tend to be Christians of one form or another, uh, personally whom we know, and they end up questioning a lot of things if, if, if the negative things happen. But negativity is a balancing point for the elegance of reality. We'll talk a little more about that when we get back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS, New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. Stay with us. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries.
Magic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Well, welcome back. And we're discussing a number of questions sent in by our listener, Lisa, in Ohio, Brunswick, Ohio. And she's asked a number of very good questions and made a number of good points. And we're, it's kind of brought us to the subject of negativity and where it kind of belongs in the balance of the multiverse, where it kind of belongs in the balance of our lives. And, of course, you look back, as Ben was, was saying, uh, to various uh, traditions of the East and that there was a certain balance created. And I was saying that many Christians uh, whom I know tend to get very disillusioned when bad things happen. Now, the question arises, is negativity necessarily bad? Isn't there a balance? And if we look at some of the ancient pagan religions, especially sometimes the worship of, of Isis, who is very popular today, and whom I, I love a lot myself, uh, and she has a... a, a a positive side and kind of a yin and yang, if you will, yeah, and kind of a negative side. The negative side, if you want to look, look at Hurricane Katrina, so I, that's nothing much that was positive about that. Uh, but if you look at the whole picture, you can see a place for the balance of negativity well, and brought, positive. It brought a lot of people together. I mean, yeah, yeah, it did. Kind of like nine eleven. It was a horrible, horrible day, but it brought a lot of people together. And for once in this country's history, in the last decade or so, like people have gotten together. And yeah. been like we actually acted like a country. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it's true for two weeks, and then. But but the question might be taking it to the next step. How does the the effect of a parasite messing up a family? Uh, what what's the positive effect of that? I suppose you could say the same thing. I mean, in the end, if if they handle it properly, they can be stronger because of it. Yeah. And not not no thanks to the parasite as such. But or the children can go off, start families of their own, and not make the same mistakes that their parents did. That's very true, and worthy of a lot of thought. Yeah. So everything happens for a reason. I mean, not yeah. not everything is purposeless or mm-hmm. is like a double edged sword. No. Well, yeah, that's, that's like true. one sided issue. As we say, sort of an elegant balance and harmony. And that's the thing. People often say, uh, "Well, you know." Uh, Oh, how come you know God let this happen to me? Or the why is it, why did the perfect God create an imperfect world? Well, well, how the heck? First of all, who says that we have the right? God is any whatever, however you may think of God, he, she, it, or them. Whether God has the has some kind of a um, welfare state obligation or, or entitlement of it to keep us healthy, wealthy, and why? I mean, what kind of silly idea is that? He doesn't owe us anything. And who's to say that the world is not perfect, that the balance that we've been talking about just now does not make it perfect. Maybe it is a perfect creation, just because it doesn't suit our particular 21st century bourgeois loves and tastes doesn't mean it's not a perfect world. Well, we also tend to destroy everything that is, like, sacred. Well, some people do. Well, yeah, we live, as I often say, we live in a society, particularly, that is very destructive. You know, parents destroy families. Schools destroy knowledge, not always, of course, but I mean, in, in many destroy forests, many ca- yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, some people are like we have to stand up for nature, and then they don't really do anything about it. Yeah, and they get in their, their cars and drive. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people are well intentioned and really try, but there is again a certain balance to things. Anyway, all right, well, let's uh, let's move on. Certainly, people are invited to call in here. Certainly, uh. Um, we we we're not we don't want to monopolize the conversation. Now we often people say sometimes say, "Well, do you take calls or not?" Well, we do. Uh, if you're listening on a computer by any chance, you can certainly uh, use the instant message feature there on the upper 
I guess it's on the right if, hand of the screen. I've looked at it or something like that. Uh, anyway, uh, five four five soul two four eight five four five soul is the uh, is the call in number if you'd like to give us a call today. Kind of giving up on our guest here, and we'll just continue with our emails. Uh, all right, here's another. Uh, this is from uh, uh, this is about UFOs in New England, and it's from Art. Sh- what? It's, it says no full name, Dad. I just said Art. You're about to say his last name. Maybe I was talking about Rembrandt. No. No. <laughs> no. Okay, anyway, um, so they UFOs have been around New England in pre-colonial times. In fact, they go back to uh, uh, the, 1800, uh, the 1800s. Or they go back hundreds of years. Okay, and Indian tribes reported them and their evidence, and there is evidence of UFOs and spiritual beings were were here right now after well we're here right after the ice age. My question is this: What would it uh, take besides actually capturing a UFO to convince people? Is pon- ponderance of evidence enough? Uh, in any court, a man could be put to death by it. Why? Why not the reality? Uh, why not the reality of UFOs? Okay, well, this is a big question, and thank you, Art, for sending this in. Art is from Dover, New Hampshire. And the question, of course, is what constitutes evidence? We're always, or actually, what constitutes proof? We're always asking that on this show. And I'm very cynical when it comes to that because I don't, th- as, as I always say, for the true believer, no proof is required. For the unbeliever, no proof is ever enough. It doesn't matter how many uh, photographs or uh, Foot or, or, or pad prints in a field or, or crop circles or whatever, certain people are just not going to believe it. I think if um, uh, an alien walked up and punched them in the nose, they'd start looking for a zipper in the suit, you know. And I, I just don't think that, that, that I think we're wasting our time trying to prove anything to anybody. I'm not, I'm not saying that we shouldn't look for physical evidence, and I think we should even look for physical evidence in ghost cases because if if, if our theory is correct that these are really people from parallel worlds rather than spirits of anything, uh, we there there can be physical evidence, and indeed we have found a great deal of that. So as a result, uh, the question here is what you know what constitutes proof. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think that, that really – I think it depends on the person, really. Uh, that I, we had a fellow on the show recently who had was a true believer, a ghost hunter, quote-unquote, and had become a skeptic uh, because he found no proof to his satisfaction, and he thought that the people who were engaging, engaging in the hobby were not uh, careful enough and were being uh, sloppy about whatever evidence they were trying to gather. So that, that's – but that's again, again, depends sort of um, sort of on us. Uh, his point that uh, New England uh, and all, all certainly UFO sightings uh, have been recorded um, – I should say UFO sightings as such have been recorded in uh, many for many centuries, many thousands of years really, if you look, believe the cave paintings. And certainly here in New England we discussed a case that occurred in the uh, – I believe it was, the late, it was certainly the late 1600s. And I often wonder if it wasn't it didn't scare people enough to start causing the witchcraft hysteria then, you know. And, what do you mean? In, uh, well, it happened out on uh, Cape Ann in Massachusetts, which is not far from... Wait, uh, was that the guy that was in the boat and you just saw, like, a light in the sky and blah, blah, blah? Oh, no, the, the, these were the... the um, 
uh, oh, I can't remember what they what the the people called them, but it was they were written up several oh, times. Oh yeah, the yeah uh, the, the um, spectre people. The spectre exactly the spectre people. They, they they would come up to the the, the town gate that they would uh, they would be shot at, but would not be harmed. Or if they did, they they'd get up and run away. They were in funny clothing, and they attempted to make contact with the people uh, who thought they they were French invaders from from Canada, and it was a big mess. And of course, being good colonials, they would try to kill them and shoot them. Uh, you know, to, to, if anything they didn't understand. People, people wearing odd clothes, shoot them. Yeah, fact, there must have been one or two of our own ancestors who were involved. I mean, we, we've yeah, been in New England for twelve generations. For them, say somebody had to be involved in that, who were, yeah. whose blood runs in our veins. But anyway, uh, early uh, involvement of the family in the paranormal, perhaps. So yeah, that, that's what uh, we might be referring to here as probably the most. Uh, Amazing pre-colonial case of, of that sort of thing. So um, I don't know how to answer you there, Art. I think that uh, it's a matter of, um, uh, as far as proof is concerned, it depends on the person. Um, I don't think uh, it's going to. I don't think no matter. I don't think anything that happens uh, short of, of an absolute upheaval of the planet is going to convince everybody that UFOs are real. And the question is, uh, I don't think anybody does that they're real. The question is, what are they? Now, we have a question that just came in over the email, and we never say this, and that's my fault. We should. Uh, you can always write to us during the show at paul at com, which we monitor uh, usually here uh, during the um, uh, show. Now, this is a question about Casper Hauser from, uh, oh, our, our good friend and the show reporter Kyle Dayton in Arizona, Arizona City, Arizona. Uh, go ahead, Ben, if you'd like to read this. Oh, uh, so in, hello, Paul and Ben. In regard to the uh, mystery surrounding the life of Casper Hauser, one theory suggests that he may have originally been from a parallel universe. His life has always fascinated me. What is your opinion of the theory? Okay, that's a uh, that's a very good question. The Casper Hauser story, uh, this is a question out of the blue. I'd have to look it up. I can't remember exactly when he appeared. It was in Germany, and he was a young boy who appeared in uh, rather, um, I guess, tattered clothing and uh, could not account for himself. There is some evidence, though, that he was held prisoner in a basement from his childhood and uh, his lack of... I, I don't know if this is a case of, of someone appearing from a parallel universe. I think there are far better ones. But the Casper Hauser case is one that has gone down in the, in the, the classic uh, paranormal literature, or at least the, the literature of the... Uh, mysteries of of the world, especially of Europe, and uh, <clears throat> that would be uh, something that, that that might be uh, accountable for in many ways. He, uh, oh, and I tell you what, I'm going to do. I, I'm really not prepared to answer this right now. What we're going to do is is we have an open line show next week, and I'm going to look up some of the facts rather than than trying to reach into my my, my poor fading aged memory. I've never even heard of this, so I have no idea. Okay, well we'll we'll look it up for you and, and I think we'll we'll probably answer this question uh next week in in uh fuller detail. When we're better prepared. <clears throat> exactly. So but that but thank you very much Kyle for writing in. Uh Paul at behind the paranormal dot com during the show. Now, here's another one. This is from uh oh this is very interesting. This is from Caitlin in New York City and she has a changing ghost. Okay. Hi, Paul and Ben. I guess you could call me a uh, recovering ghost hunter. I applied the usual spiritualist theories and ended up with more questions than answers. Then I started to put your theories into practice, and I have had much deeper and more meaningful experiences of the paranormal. For example, I investigated a case recently 
that seemed to involve a deceased relative of the family. It gave them information about uh, some property that brought up a lot of hard feelings. This made me suspicious. Plus, this entity didn't feel human to me. To me. I did want to... Uh, I did what I thought you would do and let it know that I didn't believe it, uh, I, that this was a relative. Sure enough, the, the thing turned into an alien. <laughs> People in the family started to see a gray instead of the relative, but it has become weaker, and I have been working with the family to try and bring them together, as you have said. So, so good so far. Or so far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Caitlin. Uh, that's interesting. We seem to have a follower here. Um but of course, uh, you'll develop your own techniques and ways, and you see it. that seems to be a very interesting. Thing. I, I've um, heard of that on, on one or two occasions, and it raises the question. First of all, before we even get into this, of how many alien encounters are actually ghost encounters, and how many ghost encounters are actually alien encounters. But uh, we'll get back to that in a moment when we return on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio, NewsskyRadio dot com. Stay with us. Psychic Radio. PsychicOnAir.com. The Wake Up Call with Alan Tom. Put your hands on either side of his face. Maybe sit oh. on his lap. That might get his attention. And yeah. say, honey, you're hurting me. Yeah. And I know you don't want to hurt me, but you're hurting me so much that I don't want to come home anymore. Hi, it's Tom Force. Reverend L. Newman and I are here Monday nights, 7 till 9, primetime Eastern Time in the United States, with Wake Up Call on Psychic Radio. Psychic Radio. We know you're listening. Life is a journey. Let us be your guide. Reach out on the net now, psychiconair.com. Look for Psychic Radio on your AOL radio player. Hi, I'm Sue Lundquist. I want to help you to embrace the life you've always envisioned. Listen to us on the I'm Thankful Network, Monday through Friday. Listeners from all the backgrounds come together as we identify the truly important aspects of life. The I'm Thankful Network is like comfort food for the soul. In short, we want you to be positively positive about where you are headed. Join us every weekday for the I'm Thankful Network. Fun, educational, and empowering. Tune in to find yourself all over again. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. And we're back uh, with our note here from Caitlin Jay in New York City. And she was pointing out a fascinating case in which she was <clears throat> kind of given up on the old... Uh, what we feel are worn-out theories of the paranormal, and it tried to apply some of our theories and methods uh, from the multiverse to her uh, case. And uh, sure enough, the entity she was dealing with uh, turned into something else when she said she didn't believe it was this relative of this family, and it seemed to turn into an alien. And we left uh, before the break with the question, uh, how many ghost encounters are, are really aliens, and how many aliens are really ghost encounters, and how do you tell the difference, and is there a difference? What do you think, Ben? What do I think? I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's an open question. It is really complicated because there's all sorts of different types of parasites. So, you know what? Maybe this is just another form of parasite. It or, certainly seems or, to be if it does that, yeah. Yeah, but still, there's just, I don't know, there's just a lot of things just don't add up. I mean, maybe it's all just really confusing. Or <laughs> it is, yeah. Maybe it's just... It has nothing to do with it. Maybe it's just a fluke. I don't know. 
Well, we talked to a lot of our friends who are, and we have a lot of shows on UFOs. We have a lot of good friends in that field. And uh, they'll say, you know, there, there are open questions about this. People have these experiences. And what are they really experiencing? You know, we apply terms to them depending on the framework in which we experience them. If we see a ship or a craft or a big light coming out of the sky, aha, UFO, someone from another planet. Uh, grays who look like, you know, little guys with olive-shaped eyes and, and the, 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 you know, little bodies and thin hands and whatever, what have you, you know, as, as they say, uh, we don't know. Uh, here's here's the example of, of a ghost that has turned into an alien, and uh, we've had examples of uh, aliens that seem to have become parasites. Parasites can uh, seem to be able to manifest in many different ways, and they push buttons, and they use our proclivities and our own preconceptions against us, and parasites being uh, negative entities from other from parallel worlds who seem to feed upon our negative energy, and are certainly the, the origins of much of our folklore about demons and evil spirits and this sort of thing, because they certainly earn that place. And what if they so, turned into Gumby? How would you explain that? We have actually heard the things of that, not Gumby, but they certainly... Certainly, things like that. Well, again, you have to realize that, again, that they use our own beliefs our, and our own belief systems and our own proclivities and our own attitudes against us. And we have pointed out, remember we did the show on Halloween, and we brought up the Great Pumpkin. Somewhere, according to quantum mechanics, at least this interpretation of it, somewhere or somewhere there has to be some kind of a creature equivalent to, silly as it may sound, the Great Pumpkin. Or something it at least looks like. Otherwise, uh, our dear cartoonist uh, Schultz there would never have been able to have conceived of the notion of it. it so that's the that's that's the the beauty and the elegance of the multiverse. Somewhere, somewhere, whatever we can conceive of exists. So really, there is no such thing as an original idea. Well, yes and no. I mean, it all depends how you look at it. So to answer Caitlin's question, uh, yeah, I think you keep it up. I think that's a very interesting. I think so far so good indeed, and that's a very very interesting point that you make. And uh, you know, stay in, stay in touch. Let us know what, if other things like that are happening. And I'm glad that uh, our methods are kind of uh, working for you. Um, okay, now I think we probably better. No, get we, ready we, we have time. All right, we're, we're, do you, we? All right, you, you've squeezed large emails into two minutes. Okay, well here's one. This is about Men in Black, and this is from Shirley in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Very short. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, usually we do like parag- like three paragraphs long questions. Okay, do you ever run into Men in Black or stories of Men in Black? Well, I don't know, Ben. I don't even know how to answer that. Uh, the Men in Black being these guys who supposedly might be from the government, might be from some parallel world, might be from somebody uh, who does not want people to do, who do not want people to to know about or to talk about their UFO experiences very often. So the answer, I guess, is yes. We have not had guys in black suits coming to the door, except clergy, I suppose. Uh, we have had people sitting outside our home in vans. We have had a lot of. We have had strange people coming to the door who were not who they said they were, claiming to be from utility companies and things of yeah, this during kind. During the Mothman incidents in uh, Point Pleasant, the guys in black suits were running around asking people questions. That's true. Yeah, and that, that's, that seems to be a very common phenomenon. Uh, as such, as in guys in black suits or black helicopters, uh, we have not encountered that ourselves, although I think we might have come close uh, in many ways. So to answer your question, uh, there... Um, it wasn't here. Oh, surely, you know, I, I don't think we, we could answer that uh, in, in an affirmative way 
as such, but in a, in a kind of way we, 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 we can in, in one sense. All right, we're coming down to the end of the show here. Very disappointed we did not have Steve Alton with us tonight. However, I'm sure he had a good excuse, as he always does. Yes, life goes on. So uh, anyway, uh, make sure that you uh, check out our website, BehindTheParanormal.com. There are all sorts of information about past guests, future guests. Well over 200. We're coming up on 300 podcasts here, all available for free from that site. Also, check out um, NewSkyRadio.com. They also have our CBS uh, New Sky Radio podcast as well. Check those out. And we thank our producer, Will Kosnick, and we'll see you next Sunday, April 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, right here on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. And uh, Ben and I will host an open line show on various paranormal topics. We'll continue with our emails, and we'll try to tell you a little bit about Casper Hauser. And we'll have a special update on our haunted policeman case from Vermont. There has been a new wrinkle to that, and our policeman will be calling in. Okay. In the meantime, tune in to our New England Drive Time show on WOON, 1240 AM, and com at 6 PM every Monday. And remember, you can always get free podcasts of all our shows, along with show schedules and guest information at www.com. BehindTheParanormal.com And you can certainly communicate with us from that site too. Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com or Ben at BehindTheParanormal.com In the meantime, we leave you with a quote from none other than tonight's would-be guest, Steve Alton. For the record, I take no satisfaction in being right. For the record, I pray to God that I'm wrong. And of course, he's talking about 2012. Yes. And thank you for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time.